From the book Apples of Gold by Thomas Brooks Directions and Helps to a Life of Godliness for the Young I shall come now to those directions and helps that must by assistance from heaven be put in practice if ever you would be godly early and serve the Lord in the primrose of your days. Now all that I shall say will fall under these two heads first. Some things you must carefully and watchfully decline and arm yourselves against, and secondly, there are other things that you must prosecute and follow. First, there are some things that you must watchfully decline, and they are these. If ever you would be godly early, if you would be gracious in the spring and morning of your youth, oh, then take heed to put in a day of death far from you. Amos 6, verse 3, you push away every thought of coming disaster. Young men are very prone to look upon death afar off, to put it at a great distance from them. They are apt to say to death, as Pharaoh said to Moses, Get away from me and let me see your face no more. Exodus 2 verse 28 If old men discourse to them of death, they are ready to answer, as the high priest did Judas in a different case. What is that to us? Look you to it. We know sickness will come, and death is a debt that we all must pay, but surely these guests are a great way from us. For does not David say the days of a man are threescore years and ten? Psalm 90 verse 10. We have calculated our nativities, and we cannot abate a day, a minute, a moment, of threescore and ten. And therefore it is even a death to think of death. There being so great a distance between our birthday and our dying day as we have cast up the account. Ah, young men, it is sad. It is very sad. When you were so wittily wicked as to say with those in Ezekiel, the people of Israel are saying his visions won't come true for a long, long time. Chapter 12, verse 27. Ah, young men, young men, by putting far away this day you gratify Satan. You strengthen sin. You provoke the Lord. You make the work of faith and repentance more hard and difficult. You lay a sad foundation for the greatest fears and doubts. Ah, oh, how soon may that sad word be fulfilled upon you, the Lord of that servant, who says as the Lord delays his coming, shall come in a day when he does not look for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, or cut him off, and appoint his portion with hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 24, 48, 51. When Sodom, when Pharaoh, when Agag, when Amalek, when Haman, when Herod, when Nebuchadnezzar, when Belshazzar, when Dives, when the fool and the gospel were all in their prime, their pride, when they were all in a flourishing state, and upon the very top of their glory, how strangely, how suddenly, how sadly, and how fearfully, how astonishingly were they brought down to the grave and to hell. Ah, young man, who are you? And what is your name or fame? What is your power or place? What is your dignity or glory that you dare promise yourself an exemption from sharing in a sad a portion as ever justice gave to those who were once very high? who were seated among the stars, but are now brought down to the pit of hell. Isaiah 13, verses 10 to 17. 
I've read a story of one that gave a young prodigal a ring with a death's head on this condition that he should one hour daily for seven days together look and think upon it, which bred a great change in his life. Ah, young men, the serious thoughts of death may do that for you which neither friends, counsel, examples, prayers, sermons, tears have not done to this very day. Well, remember the best. To labor not to die is labor in vain, and to put this day far from you, and to live without fear of death, is to die while you are living. Death seizes on old men and lays wait for the youngest. Death is oftentimes as near to the young man's back as it is to the old man's face. There is a story of Charles IV, King of France, of being one time affected with the sense of his many and great sins, fetched a deep sigh and said to his wife, By the help of God I will now so carry myself all my life long that I will never offend any more. Which words he had no sooner uttered, but he fell down dead and died. Do not, young men, put to stay far from you, lest you are suddenly surprised, and then you cry out when it is too late. A kingdom for a Christ. A kingdom for a Christ. Ah, young man, did you never hear of a young man that cried out, Oh, I am so sick that I cannot live, and yet, woeful wretch that I am, so sinful that I dare not die. Oh, that I might live. Oh, that I might die. Oh, that I might do neither. Well, young men, remember this. To frequent. To serious thoughts of death will prevent many a sin. It will arm you against many a temptation. It will secure you from many afflictions. It will keep you from doting on the world. It will make you do much in a little time. It will make death easy when it comes, and it will make you look out early for an unshakable kingdom for incorruptible riches, and for unfading glory. Therefore, do not, oh, do not put the day of death far from you. Take heed of crying tomorrow. Tomorrow, says Martin Luther, man lives forty years before he knows himself to be a fool, and by that time he sees his folly, his life is finished. So men die before they begin to live. Direction 2. Secondly, if you would be godly early, then take heed of leaning to your own understanding. This counsel, why Solomon gives to his son or to young men in his time. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Proverbs 3 verses 1 to 5. Youth is the age of folly, of vain hopes and overgrown confidence. How wise might many have been had they not been wise in their own opinion when they were young. Rail Boehm's young counselors proved the overthrow of his kingdom. It is brave for youth at all times to be discreet and sober-minded. Three virtues, they say, are prime ornaments of youth. Modesty, silence, and obedience. Ah, young men keep close in every action to this one principle, namely... In every action resolve to be discreet and wise. Our young men, you're leaning upon yourselves or upon others, will in the end be bitterness and vexation of spirit. Young men are very apt to lean on their own wit, wisdom, arts, parts. His old men are to lean on a staff to support them. As the Hebrew word signifies, it is rendered lean. And that of Proverbs 3 verse 5.
This has been the bane of many a choice wit, the loss of many a brave head, the ruin of many a fine mind. Ajax thought it was only for cowards and weaklings to lean upon the Lord for support, not for him when he was foiled. Lean not to great parts, lean not to natural or acquired accomplishments, lest you lose them in yourselves too. Leaning to natural or moral excellencies is a ready way to be stripped of all of them. Babylon, who was bold, bold upon her high towers, thick walls and twenty years' provision laid in for a siege, was surprised by Cyrus. It was said of Caesar that he received not his wounds from the swords of his enemies, but from the hands of his friends, that is, from trusting in them. Ah, how many young men have been wounded, yes, slain, by trusting to their own understandings, their own abilities. It was an excellent saying of Augustine, he who stands upon his own strength shall never stand. A creature is like a single drop left to itself. It spins and wastes itself presently. But if like a drop in a fountain and ocean of being, it has abundance of security. Young men, if you will need be leaning and lean upon precious promises. Second Peter 1 verse 4, Psalm 27 1. Lean upon the rock that is higher than yourselves. Lean upon the Lord Jesus Christ as John did, who was the youngest of all the disciples and the most beloved of all the disciples. John 21 20, chapter 13 verse 23. John leaned much, and Christ loved him much. O oh, lean upon Christ's wisdom for direction. Lean upon his power for protection. Lean upon his purse, his fullness for provision. Song of Solomon 8.5 Lean upon his eye for approbation. Lean upon his righteousness for justification. Lean upon his blood for remission. Lean upon his merits for salvation. As he will find whether her wall to support her will fall and sink, so will you, young men, without Christ, putting his everlasting arms under you to support you and uphold you. Therefore, above all leanings, lean upon him. By leaning on him, you will engage him. By leaning on him, you will gain more honor than you can give. By leaning on him, you may even command him and make him eternally yours, and so on. Direction number three. Thirdly. If you would be godly early, if you would seek and serve the Lord in the spring and morning of your days, and take heed of flatterers and flattery. Ah, how many young men might have been very godly who are now exceeding bad, by hearkening to flatterers and pretending flattery. Flattery undid young Rehoboam, Ab, Herod, Nero, Alexander, and so on. Flatterers are soul murderers. They are soul endurers. They're like evil surgeons who skin over the wound but never heal it. The emperor Anastasius' motto was smooth talk proves often sweet poison. Flattery is a very spring and mother of all impiety. It blows the trumpet and draws poor souls into rebellion against God as Sheba drew Israel to rebel against David. It put her first parents upon tasting the forbidden fruit. It put Absalom upon dethroning of his father. It put Haman upon plotting the ruin of the Jews. It put Korah, Dathan, and Abiram upon rebelling against Moses. It makes men call evil good and good evil. Darkness light, and light darkness. Flattery puts people upon neglecting the means of grace. 
upon undervaluing the means of grace and upon despising the means of grace. It puts men upon abasing God, sliding Christ, and vexing the spirit. It unmans a man. It makes him call black white and white black. It makes a man exchange pearls for pebbles and gold for counters. It makes a man judge himself wise when he is foolish, knowing when he is ignorant, holy when he is profane, makes himself think he is free when he is a prisoner, rich when he is poor, exalted when he is low, and full when he is empty, happy when he is miserable. Ah, young men, take heed of flatterers, dear the very worst of sinners, dear abandoned of God. Blinded by Satan, hardened in sin, and ripening for hell. God declares sadly against them at that in his word and in his works. In his word, as you may see by comparing these scriptures together, Deuteronomy 29:18 to 20, Psalm 78:36, Psalm 36, verse 1 and 3, Job 17:5. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. And as God declares sadly against them in his word, so he has declared terribly against them in his works. As you may run and read in his judgments, executed upon Ahab flattering prophets, and upon Haman, and upon Daniel's princely false accusers, and so on. And why then will not you stop your ears against those wretches whom the hand and heart of God is so much against? Again, as God declares against them, so godly men detest them and declare against them, as you may see by comparing these scriptures together. Psalm 5, 8-10, Proverbs 2, 16, Proverbs 7, 21, Proverbs 28, 23. Will not with him who flatters with his lips. Why so? Why, because a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Proverbs 29.5. The Hebrew word that is here rendered flatterer signifies a soft butter spoken man, because flatterers use smooth, soft speeches. Also, the word signifies to divide, because a flatterer's tongue is divided from his heart. Flatterers have their nets, and those who give ear to them will be taken to their ruin. A lying tongue hates those who are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Proverbs 26, verse 28. A flattering mouth ruins name, fame, estate, body, soul, and life. Valerian, the Roman Empire, used to say not bitter words, but flattering words do all the mischief. When Alexander the Great was hit with an arrow in the siege of an Indian city which would not heal, he said to its flatterers, You say that I am Jupiter's son, but this one cries that I am but a man. Now shall godly men detest them and abhor them, as they are the pest of pests, the plague of plagues. And will you own them? Will you take pleasure in them to your ruin and hereafter? The Lord forbid. Oh, say to all flatterers, as he to his idols, get hence, for what have I more to do with you? Hosea 14.8 Nay, once more consider, did not only the good but the bad, not only the best, but some of the worst of men have manifested their detestation of flatterers and flattery.